This is a HeadGum Original. Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake-me-up-when-the-sun-sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door, in as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Hey, drag her listeners. Hi, bitches. Here with some really special bonus tent with the one and only Joseph Shepard. You probably already listened to Exposed Dragged Out, but if you don't, it's an amazing gaggy series of interviews with like the most elite queens from the franchise. And we're going to bring you today Joseph's convo with current reigning all-star Kylie Sonique Love. I guess she's one of two. Mm, are they both reigning? Is it like an international water scenario? I don't know what the maritime laws are of two cur- concurrently reigning all-star queens. All I know is that this pod is a gag. So get into this intimate, funny, and tear-jerking episode of Exposed Dragged out. Expose yourself. Show them what you're all about. Dragged out. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Exposed. I have the absolute honor right now of sitting in person. I'm so excited uh, with the winner of All Star Six, we have Kylie Sonique Love in the house. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> um, after like researching you and like looking into you, I know that we have our lovely um, Georgia in common. I went to school in Atlanta. Oh, really? Were you born in Albany? I was born in Albany, Georgia, mm-hmm. hometown of Paula Dean and um, Ray Charles. What was um, growing up like for you? Um, I, I mean, I imagine it was probably like any other queer kid yeah. growing up anywhere. Um, but uh, for me in the South, it was, you know, I knew at an early age that I was different from everybody else. And um, I, was, I just always kind of felt like uh, a stranger, mm-hmm. you know, on a, on a different planet, you know. And I knew that from an early age. So... You know, it's just absorbing everything around me. Yeah. And especially when everything in the South is so, you know, one way or the other, you're very, very in a Bible belt. You're very in a religious situation and setting. The whole process of you coming into your own identity, was it hard for your parents and family to accept? Honestly, I don't know if it was hard for them to accept. I don't even know that if they 
accept it or understand mm -hmm. who I am or what I am or why I am. You know, um, I just think it just got to a point where for me, I just kind of removed myself mm -hmm. from from them so that I could just do me and do not you. have to like, you know, explain it. No one was trying to like understand me, mm -hmm. you know, so I was just like, all right, I'm, I'm out of here. I occasionally come and visit. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I understand that fully. And it's also very hard when they are not trying and then they expect, you know, you to try backwards. And that's, that's the hard part. Yeah. I think being queer and growing up in the South, you always consider of everyone else, you mm -hmm. know, cause everyone is so vocal about what they like and what they don't like yeah. and who they like and why they like them. And, and you hear how chaotic they are to anything that's different than they are. Mm -hmm. And you're like, Oh my God, like there's like literally a target on me right now. So it's, it's almost like sleeping with the enemy. <laughs> And it's, it's so you know, true. And so you just like learn to like adapt to your surroundings. Mm -hmm. And um, after a while, just kind of masking who you are and just feeling really bad about like who you naturally are or what you naturally want to do. Um, you just kind of turn into like this rebel. Mm -hmm. And you're like, I'm busting out, daddy. <laughs> I'm getting out of here. When yeah. when did you bust out and move to Atlanta? When was um, that? I busted out. Busted and out when I was seventeen, and so I got a taste of Atlanta nightlife and everything. I was uh, young, and the internet was new, <laughs> and <laughs> and I got on um, this website, and I'm sure a lot of people, especially anybody around my age, gay.com. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> all the gays there um anybody queer there so i i got on there and i like m made me a boyfriend um he picked me up and took me to the big city and everything i was just like so starry-eyed like everything was just so grand yeah. i was like oh my god like i literally felt like i was on another planet so when i was there um I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out like what I want to say here about this. <laughs> um, oh, they snuck me into my first gay club. What was it? It was called the Metro, which it's okay. R.I.P. It's no longer there, but it was a fun place in Atlanta. And I see my first drag queen come out <gasps> perform. I don't remember her name, but I remember she had breasts, uh -huh. like real breasts. And she did the song I'm Horny. That song, I'm horny all night long. I'm, and it was like the best thing I ever seen. I was like this young, like 17 year old blonde, blue eyed twink. Yes. Front row, getting my whole life. And I remember her like pulling me up on stage and like grabbing me between my legs. And um, I was like sore for the next three days. <laughs> but like, I never forgot it. It was so, it was, it was like, um, have you ever seen the show uh, Queer as Folk? Mm -hmm. That show was like popping around that time too. And I just, uh, everyone wanted to call me Sunshine because I was like uh, the little blonde kid on there. And I just, it just was like one of those moments. It was, mm -hmm. it was very like, everything was just like so cool happening to me all at one time. And so I went back home to uh, Albany. And so I was like, okay, so I know that there's more for me in this yeah. world than just little old Albany. And my mom had pulled me out of high school around that time too. 
And uh, she decided that it would be a good idea for me to go to military school. Wow. Yeah. So that I could get my GED. It could show me discipline and maybe like butch me up and things like that. And honestly, it was the worst idea ever. But like I learned a lot going there and I was there for like a few months before I got kicked out for fighting. For fighting? Yeah. I was Verbal fighting. or physical? Oh, all of it. Oh. Yeah. But I loved that I went because it it toughened me up in a, mm-hmm. in a way that I needed um, for my adult life. And, and when you are raised in, you know, a place like I was raised in and, and you're kind of like thrown out to the side and we don't know what to do with this one. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to learn how to defend yourself, whether it be verbally or physically. Yeah. And I was just so proud of me, like beating people up <laughs> and like not, not taking shit. From not taking anybody. shit. Yeah. And I was like, okay, cool. I think I'm ready for the world. You know, I wasn't scared after that. And um, I think sometimes it takes being pushed around a little bit. Yeah. You know, to prepare you you for the world. And the, sorry, if you can't take care of yourself, you know, sorry. What are you going to, yeah. You know, it's like in the ocean, you know, there's all kinds of big fish and little fish. And, you know, you either learn how to like, you know, hide or or whatever. Or, or get attacked, yeah. Yeah, or get attacked or learn how to take a punch. Yeah. And uh, luckily I made it out alive and everything still looks good. Everything still <laughs> looks good. Well, um, I, I, you said your first drag queen that you remember seeing. I remember mine was Nicole Page Brooks. It was at Burkhart's <laughs> in Atlanta oh my years God. ago. You, I, I talked to her previously. Did you guys, you guys were roommates? We were roommates. Her and Phoenix... Brooks from Atlanta and uh, Nicole Page Brooks. We were roommates at one time. I think it was like 22 and we like uh, rented this big house in Midtown and I don't know. I, it was just, they they were like um, the, 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 the biggest queens in the city mm-hmm. at that time and baby, they had everybody over at our house and it was just chaotic. It was fun. We, you know, when you're young, when you're, yeah. you can handle all of that. There's no way I could like handle all of that today, but I, I, I definitely think they're a little bit more reserved than they were then. But we had, I, I think we had a great time. I remember having arguments and, and threats and things like that. And maybe, you know, police threats and things like that. You know, so, so. so what you're saying is that your time in that house was full of full TV show. It could it was, have been a TV oh show. Oh my God. We would have all been arrested. <laughs> let's be, let's be <laughs> real. Yeah, it was fun. It was, it was great. And I'm, I'm so glad that I had a chance to get to do those things mm-hmm. with those people. And that like, we're still friends to this day and we kind of can like look back on it and like, laugh and be like, Oh, silly. But at the time it was like, so serious. Yeah. You know? Well, 2009 comes around. You end up being announced as a contestant on season two mm-hmm. of RuPaul's Drag Race. I had read that you were an alternate for season one. Is that true? I was. Um, so Duran Casting uh, went around to all the major cities in the U.S. And they were scouting for drag talent mm-hmm. for this new show that RuPaul was going to do. And they came to Atlanta and they talked to me at Jungle. 
I think they had oh, seen jungle. me at the wet bar or somewhere like that. And they gave me their card and they were like, here, like, I want you to audition. Um, so I did. And I went through the whole process, like all the paperwork and, and all of that. And um, <clears throat> did the uh, psych evaluation, all that passed it. And they were like, listen, like you are an alternate, like you're one of our top people to be on the show, but you're an alternate. So if something does not work out with who we have right now, we're going to call you. So be ready, be packed and all that. And so it didn't happen. And and they called me back and they were like, okay, so if, and when we do a second season, you will for sure be on the second season. And I'm like, all right. And I had already told casting, you know, like, um, how I felt in my personal life as mm -hmm. far as like identifying as trans and like haven't started the transition yet, but that's like my next move and I didn't want to wait any longer. So mm -hmm. if, if it happened to be a year, I don't know where I'm going to be and my transition. And they were like, okay, you know, so skip a year later. Um, they called me back and, you know, I was a diva about it. I was like, I don't think I want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah so they kept asking me and I finally was like okay whatever but I was like I'm not making another audition tape um they were like just because I put so much work and effort into the first one yeah and I was just like Ugh. and it was like, expensive going to Kinko's back then was like <laughs> oh my god like I was like I was on a drag salary. Okay. Like that wasn't a lot of money back then. It was like $35, a ham yeah. biscuit and maybe a drink, you know, like not enough. Um, so anyway, made a little tape. It's just put something together real quick, whatever. We just want to see where you are right now. Um, and I got on the show. Um, and yeah, it's crazy. You, you said in an attitude article, I literally had $200 in my bank account when they asked me to do drag race. I was poor. I had no work. I had no money coming in. I was getting ready to move back home with my family. Did drag race change your career trajectory? Um, okay. So it always had, like even in 2009, I knew that it would be better for me mm -hmm. no matter what. You know, just being part of the show. Um, but uh, by the time I did All Stars, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Mm -hmm. Crazy. Um, I had filed for unemployment multiple times, sat on the phone for days and days and days, couldn't get it through to nobody. And I was just like, I don't know what to do. Like, they're not letting us work. Like, I'm not doing the fucking Instagram thing. Like, that's not fun. Um and yeah, I was like down to like 200 bucks and I was like, okay, I think I might just move back home to Georgia with mama and them. Wow. And, uh, and then I got a call from Theron at World of Wonder and he's like, hey, we're getting ready to do all stars. Is that something that you would want to be a part of? And I said, are you fucking kidding me? Like, yeah, let's do it. I'm ready. And then he got off the phone. I was like, fuck me in the ass. Like, I don't have any money. <laughs> so how are we going to do this? How are we going to make this work? Yeah, how did you end up getting all the um, clothes and outfits and you stuff? You know, well, I had stuff that I like had for years and years mm -hmm. and years in case, you know, I got on it. And then I, I was like, okay, I, I need to reach out to like friends and utilize these resources that I've never used before. And so I reached out to my friend Bikala. We'd actually been like talking about things for months before they they even called me so whenever I got the call it was like perfect yes um and so we like 
had a bunch of sketches of things that we wanted to do. Um, I reached out to a girlfriend of mine, Taryn, who had like shit tons of wigs. And I was like, girl, like I need to borrow some hair for like a month or so. And she's like, okay. Um, so I borrowed hair from her. Let's see. I, I I reached out to my friend Howie B, who makes stuff for like Lizzo and Ariana Grande, and he's made some. St- he made like all my stuff for the Hollisley spectacular that yes. I did. A little cute so gingerbread good. outfit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Willem was like, because I, I had never like had anybody make me anything, and Willem, uh, when I was getting ready for the Hollisley special, she was like, "Oh, you need." to call this guy. He's like really quick. He's, he's really good. And so I've been working with him and he made uh, like a couple of my outfits mm-hmm. for all stars. So, um, and then I had a few friends like Shangela sent me money. One of my drag daughters sent me money. Uh, my friend Nick sent me money. Um, so I probably, my whole package all together, probably at the end of the day, maybe cost me $5,000. Okay. But that's hair. That's, yeah. that's everything. Um, and one thing I did not have was good makeup. I couldn't <gasps> afford good makeup. So the makeup I had was all like drugstore makeup. <laughs> yeah. But I made it work. Whatever. I'll you like did. look at it and I'm like, oh, I wish I would have used a different foundation. But, you know, I, I look back at it and I was like, I, and I'm a firm believer, like, you have everything that you need, you already have. Just yeah. look around. Like it's there already. Um, so don't really get caught up in what you don't have because what you need is already there. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I think you did such a great job. Like literally All Star Six was phenomenal. Like being reintroduced to you because we had seen you on season two, mm-hmm. but this is a complete, you know, different Kylie that we see in season two. If, if I'm correct, you did not talk about your trans journey, right? You didn't say anything about that. Uh, it wasn't aired, but wasn't I did, aired. but did. I did mention it. Um, it did not make the, the cutting room mm-hmm. <laughs> final episodes or whatever, but I, but they did let me, you know, touch on it during, mm-hmm. um, during the reunion. But I, on episode three, on my runway, they do have me like kind of narrating my runway and I'm and I'm talking about how um, how Sonique is everything um, on the outside that I feel on the inside. Mm-hmm. And when you feel good on the inside, it shows on the outside. And so that was kind of like my little like. Here I come. Yeah. And I was really happy that they actually played that clip because I had talked about transitioning mm-hmm. and, and needing the money for my transition if I win and and those sorts of things. So um, I was a little disappointed not being able to see that because mm-hmm. I wanted to explain, you know, like what I was going through personally because I was I was on the show and I and I was a a boy, you know, mm-hmm. but I didn't feel that way. And I was playing the part of the boy because that's what they, the criteria to be on Drag Race yeah. at the time was be male um, and, you know, transform into this female character. And growing up and in, in doing drag in, in the South, like most of the queens, the great queens were all trans women. Yeah. You know, um, so to me, a trans woman doing drag was not anything like obscure or different yeah, yeah no it was like duh like <laughs> they were the they were the best so um anyway yeah 
they let me talk about it on the reunion show, which I think was really cool. And mm-hmm. I still was like green about everything. Still, there wasn't as many resources about trans information and, and things like that. So I was just really trying to speak how I felt, but I didn't really have all the words. Yeah. And like, you know, now it's been like, oh, I don't know, two years. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's been a long time. And like now it's so incredible like all all the people that are able to like have these conversations and yeah. it being like a household topic and um a lot of kids are growing up and not having to even think about the things that like were issues for us and i and i feel really proud to be part of that that snowball effect mm-hmm. that uh about trans issues and and things like that like kind of broke up that conversation or uh, changed the uh, narrative of what trans lives are about, which was usually they wanted to talk about, you know, sex work or being murdered or being crazy or all of these crazy things, you know? And I believe I was, I, I was told this, that I'm the first person on a reality show to ever come out as trans. That wasn't Gia Gunn? No, <laughs> she opened the door for me so I could walk through it. But no, no, that's that is incredible. Gia Christ, thank you. Gia Christ. But that that's incredible. Like, does that feel? Do you feel any type of way about that? Honestly, I don't care about being the first or the last or the this or the that. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter. Just as long as it's getting done and it's mm-hmm. making progress. Um, I, I think that's great. Um, but I don't think I deserve a Nobel Peace Prize because, you know, I'm living my truth. Uh, I'm just glad that people who are in charge of what's being shown on television, stuff like that, are allowing these stories to be told. And and because uh, that's the only way that most the majority of people are going to be educated yeah. is if they actually hear our stories. And it's not just like this one note narrative of what trans people are. We're, we're all different. All trans Mm -hmm. people are different. We don't all transition the same way. We don't all think the same way. You know, we're not textbooks. We're just humans trying to figure out how to get through this life and be happy and be helpful. And, you know, I think ultimately at the end of the day, we all just want to be happy. Yeah. Loved. Exactly. You know, this podcast is brought to you by Earnin. Hi, do you like money? Do you need it to survive every day of your life? Let's get real. Are you, you know, between checks right now, in between a rock and a hard place? Guess what? You're not alone. I've been there too, and I've had the help of Earnin because Earnin helps me get the money that I'm due, that 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 my employer owes to me early. All I do is download the Earning app, I verify my paycheck, and I get access to 100 bucks a day or 750 bucks per pay period. I get to access my money and I don't have to wait on my employer to, you know, take their sweet time to get me money. It's so helpful. Sometimes you just need a little bit of extra money today, not tomorrow, not when the check clears. No, 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 none of that. It's coming. It's on the way. It's in the mail, in the mail, in the mail, baby. That's, that's the future. That's a future sci-fi movie. I don't have time for, I need money now. So whether you're going out, getting a gift for a loved one, or maybe paying rent, Diva, you can download Earnin and get help today and join the over three and a half million customers who say, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability. 
Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in Drag Her Under Podcast mm-hmm. when you sign up. It'll really help the show. That's Drag Her Under Podcast. Subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period max. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Bite Clear Liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Bite.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Bite. This episode is brought to you in part by Purina. Purina is dedicated to creating richer lives for pets and the people who love them. From helping older pets think like their younger selves to making cat ownership a possibility for more people than ever, Purina is helping pets thrive so they can live long, healthy, and happy lives. Purina has you covered for all your furry friends' needs, whether they meow or bark. From litter to treats to their best-in-class, nutrient-packed food with taste your pets will love, Purina's got your back at every stage of your pet's life. Your pet gives you the joy of the spring sunshine all year round. So today and every day, care for your pet with Purina. Your pet is Purina's passion. To learn more, head to Amazon.com backslash Purina. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Let me ask you, because you said that, you know, you did bring it up on your season two reunion. But um, looking at it, were you nervous going into All Star 6 and being fully Kylie? Was that ever um, a thing for you to like present to America? Were you afraid? No, I I was absolutely not afraid going back to All Stars. I was actually like, thank fucking time. Like it's yeah. about fucking time you guys call me and ask me to do this. Like, what what was you waiting on? But <laughs> you know, when I think about it, I'm like, okay, it was actually perfect timing for me because I think about the other years that I really wanted to do it and I didn't get asked, and I was like, okay, maybe I wasn't fully ready. And um, but I think going through the pandemic and not really being sure of like what was going to happen with, you know, drag in mm-hmm. in person, like what was going to happen with that. Um, I was like, well, this may be my last hoorah with drag. So let me go in here and give my fucking all and, and everything that I ever wanted to say or show or be like no nerves, mm-hmm. n- not going to be scared going to live in that moment, not think ahead, not think behind. I would remind myself constantly. I would just like meditate all the time. Anytime I, w- I felt like the ego coming in yeah. and was trying to like 
like come in and and take charge i would i would always like center myself and and say you know live in this moment and fuck the ego Mm -hmm. if you live in this moment and you're doing something that you can be proud of no matter what happens whether you go home first or last or you're in the top or the bottom or whatever you can be proud of what you're doing yeah because when i look back at season two you know i felt like I was more driven by the ego and was like, okay, well, what do they want to see? What, what should I do for them? You know, like I got to be better than this one or that one. And, um, that's not good for you. Yeah. And I remember in one of the challenges for all stars, we had to write like a little, you know, like a few sentences and a song show up queen about like things that are helpful to us or like things that we overcome and stuff like that. And I talked about the ego and, and about like just growing up in my glow up Mm -hmm. and, and things like that. And, and I remember Carson saying to me, and I don't know if it aired, but he was like, I just feel like there's more to your story that we're not hearing. And I would get so annoyed because I knew that like, yes, I am a trans person on the show, Mm -hmm. but I didn't want to make who I was all about me being trans. I've been trans for 10 years at this point. Yeah. If you wanted to tell that story, you should have grabbed me years ago, but now I'm, I'm beyond like, I'm so much more than my transition Mm -hmm. and all of those things. Actually, I get really exhausted talking about it because I just feel like I'm saying the same thing over and over over again. You know, it's, it's like, I'm, me being transgender is not the most interesting exactly. thing about me. And a lot of times, I know, and a lot of times people make their transness, you know, their whole, identity, their whole identity. And I'm like, okay, what else you got? You know, for me, that's not, that's not interesting enough. Now let's get beyond that. Let's see what your talents are. Let's see mm-hmm. who's really underneath all of that. You know what I mean? I mean, we saw your talents. We saw your lip syncs. We saw your outfits. We saw you think in the moment over that little trip and tumble that you had. Yeah. That was like the way that you presented yourself on All Star 6 was very commendable. Like I literally was rooting for you the whole time. And I can imagine for you, the comparison from season two to All Star 6, you were introduced to so many more fans. Oh, absolutely. A totally different. Like, what was that experience like from one to the other? Did you expect so much support? You know, I never expected anything. I never, that's one thing that I've learned over the years is to never have any expectations of anything. Just mm-hmm. go into it with your heart and just live in that moment and be happy with what you're doing. So no matter, like I, I was saying earlier, I had no expectations. And, uh, and for me, when I watch the show back and when people that know me personally, not, not on the internet, not from the TV show, but people that actually know me in my everyday life, they're like, I see my friend on TV that that is who you are. That is who we know. And it's so incredible that the world gets to see our friend, Yeah, you know, and, and that made me really happy because I liked the person that I seen on TV, you know, and because that is who I am, mm-hmm. you know, and I didn't care that there were cameras there and I didn't care that, you know, I wasn't trying to be better than anyone else. I was just trying to do the best I could yeah. at that time, all things considered, you know, and when I look back at that, I'm, I am really proud of me and I'm really glad that people get to see who I am and who I was at that moment in my life. Yeah. I mean, you, you win the crown 
where, because it had come on Paramount Plus. So when did you actually figure out you won? Because it was streaming, Three hours right? before everybody else did. Okay. So you, you did know before. Um, well, okay. So this happens. I remember I'm, I'm I live in Vegas right now. Um, I was on the way to LA mm-hmm. cause we had to film like our reaction to the last episode. And as I'm, as I'm on the way there, Eureka texts me and she's like, Hey sissy, did you see this? And, and I'm like, what? She sends me a picture of me holding the scepter. This is going around, you know? And I was just like, I don't, need to see that. Yeah. Because they, they do that to all of us. They, they gave us all the scepter. We all had a, I won speech, you know, we all had a, I lost speech, you know, that sort of thing. And, um, so I just kind of blocked it out of my head. I was like, that that doesn't mean anything. Mm -hmm. That means shit to me. We, I said, I watched all three of my sisters win. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um and for me it was never about winning. I never cared if if I got the crown or not. I just wanted to go back and have a good time and get my real RuPaul's Drag Race experience that I did not mm-hmm. get to have that I felt like I was robbed of mm-hmm. on season 2 because I didn't get to be myself. And it wasn't necessarily that they didn't let me be myself. I just didn't have the resources. And, you know, that just wasn't the criteria at the time, you know? Yeah. So it was great for me to not only, now I'm really proud that I'm a part of RuPaul's Drag Race mm-hmm. family because the family gets to meet me for who I really am yeah. this time. And the fans get to see me for who I really am. You know, when people talk about season two, for me, that's just like, I, I don't really want to talk about that. You yeah. know, that's not who I was. That's not, that's not even like, I was not even really being myself in that moment. I see somebody who is very insecure um, and, and playing a part just so they could be a part of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and to, to have me on all stars, I just really feel like, okay, I'm, I'm here, you know, like this is who I am. And it made Playing the game a lot more fun. Yeah. And um, and then winning was just a cherry on top. I didn't I didn't care as much about winning as the other girls did. They talked about wanting the crown and needing this and that. And 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 that's the ego talking. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if I come in here and I'm like, and I'm letting everybody know I'm taking this crown, this crown is mine, and I leave without it, I'm gonna feel shit about everything that I've yeah. done. I'm not gonna think that I'm good enough. And so I didn't allow that to be my driving point. It was like, are you happy? Do you feel good in this moment? Is this something you can look back at and be like, we fucking did that shit. And then to get the crown on top of that and the money and the reset, I was like, okay, I didn't even know what to do. I didn't know how to even win. It was, it was not even like, I didn't think about winning. So when it happened, I was just like, um, I don't really know what to do. Like, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do because I didn't prepare for to win. I prepared really? to just keep working yeah. and taking this moment and trying to make the most of it because I didn't know if the world was going to be open uh, for us to travel and, mm-hmm. and do these things. 
so I, I had like plans of doing more music. Like I had been working on my music since the Christmas special, but even before then I've been like playing in music, mm-hmm. but not like publicly. And I just wanted to be able to reintroduce myself so the world could get to see who like I really am. And I'm, I'm not a queen that just does backflips and things like that. That's, that's not even like who I am anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm more interested in, and and doing movies and writing music and doing music videos and, and things like that. Cause that's where trans people really need to be seen yeah. at right now. We've, we've seen them in the clubs. We've seen them do all of that stuff. And, and honestly, I'm really bored of all that. So I want to do something else. Like I didn't want to come back after, you know, 11, 12 years to do the same thing that I've been doing already. Yeah. I wanted to take this opportunity to do something new um, and something that really keeps my heart beating which is music and film. So that's where I'm at right now. Well, um, we don't have that much more time left, but I do want to talk about your music while we have it. So I absolutely love Do It Like Dolly. Um, You're Complete Me. Everything that you have been putting out, you you have a very big range. I will say that. Like range as in like you have um, something a little bit more emotional, a little bit more upbeat. Like what is the genre and the feel and the vibe that you like the best? Well, I love all music and Growing up in the South, I was raised on like country music and uh, Christian music, but I would listen to like my brother listened to hard rock and like metal. So I listened to that. Um, I loved hip hop music. My dad would not let me listen to it. He would be like, turn that down. Like you cannot listen to that. So it made me want to listen to it even more. My mom loved pop music. So like I listened I, w- I grew up on that. Um, my grandma listened to oldies. So I grew up on that. Like I grew up listening to every kind of music and really loving it all. So um, I don't, there's not a specific genre of mm-hmm. music that I'm like obsessed with. Um, Is there a career trajectory that you would like music wise? I think right now what I'm doing is I'm, I'm just trying to see what I'm trying to figure out what is my actual sound because mm. I can do all of it. Yeah. I can do the country. I can do the rap. I can do the rock. I can do all of that. And I know in order for people to like really get into like you as an artist, you kind of have to have like this one vibe, you know, but like I have multiple vibes and I think about the singer Pink, who is mm-hmm. like a huge influence on me as a performer and as a singer. Um, she she did it all. She can do country. She can do rock. She can do pop. She can do R&B. She can do rap. And I love that. And um, and I think that you you don't have to just be one thing for people to like you. You can you can show everything that you have, you know, and, and there'll be people that like this and people that like that. But ultimately at the end of the day, I'm not doing it for people. Yeah. I'm doing doing it for for yourself. So if you want to join in and have a good time with me, great, you know, but at the end of the day, I'm doing it for me. So, you know, there's that. And and I just did a song uh, with my friend Timo. He's here with me today. Escobar remix. Um, We just did that. Uh, It came out and I did a song with Todrick Hall called 69, which was really fun. Um, Yeah. And I'm working on, uh, I have a trans girl group. We're working on some stuff right now. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to, it's like a little project that we're doing and we're wanting to do like maybe an EP and just kind of see how that goes. But our, our, uh, these are girls that I grew up with in Atlanta. We were boys together. Now we're girls together. And That's exciting, though. I was like, we should be we should be called boys to women. <laughs> I'm Stop. just kidding. We were not going to be called. No. 
<laughs> but it was so that'll be really cool to see yes. what happens with that. But our like I said, our our schedules are like really crazy. So we're just trying to make it all work. That's awesome. And I did a couple of films. Uh, yeah, I did this movie called Dope Queens. Um, I don't know when this is going to air, but I know it's the the Dope Queen movie is going to come out soon. And I'm really excited about it because I actually have like a part. And yes, like acting and and all of those things. And it's and um, yeah, and I want to do more of that. I love doing it. I love going to set. I love mm-hmm. being a part of, you know, that. And that's like really like where I am right now. I mean, I'll do the gigs because they pay. Like yeah. when the gay club calls and they got the money for me, bitch, I'm showing up. You're there. I'll do it. But <laughs> I want to do more film and more music. That's really where I want to do. You got it. So we're going to get to the questions I ask everybody on Exposed. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm oh, you're here. Ready. You're ready. You're here. Uh-huh. What do you think the biggest misconception of Kylie is? Okay, so I think the biggest misconception of Kylie would be, I think some people think that like when they see me and they don't know me, they're like, oh, she's probably a bitch or whatever. And it's like, I, I don't think I'm, I'm a I'm a nerd. I'm like a homebody. No, I, I, I guess that's a misconception about who I am. I, I think a lot of people are surprised when they meet me that I'm a little bit more down to earth and things like that. But like, obviously you got to see that actually mm-hmm. on All-Star 6. So maybe it's not a misconception anymore about maybe, me. Maybe not. But what's what's the bitchiest thing you think you've ever done? I mean, I can be bitchy. <laughs> like, but the thing is, is, I don't start off that way. Yeah. it It's, that's, if somebody pushes me to a point, You'll if I get, get aggravated, um, I hate Russian and usually I'm Russian because so many things I have really bad ADD so if I'm in the middle of doing something and someone distracts me it stresses me out Um, so I try to like calm myself down Mm -hmm. from that but um, ultimately uh, I I don't know I think that's that's pretty much it I think that's really what makes me bitchy or someone who's really trying to really trying it but usually if somebody's trying to get me to go there, I'm so stubborn because I'm a Taurus, but I will not allow you to do that. <laughs> it's like yeah. not today. If you're like really trying to like push me, I'm like, mm, no, Mm-mm. it's not. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what do you, what do you have coming else down the pipeline? You talked about the movie, you talked about music. What else can we expect from Kylie in 2022? Uh, one woman show. Oh, Yes, yes, a book. We're we're working on a book. We're and um like a memoir. Um, well, that's what we're we're trying to like figure, figure out, like, it out what we what we want the book to be. Um, there's so many different things that we can do, and like I said, I have really bad ADD. So <laughs> sit me down to like come up. I have like a million ideas that come to me at once, and then it'll start out as a memoir, and then it's like a self help book, then it's like a children's book, then it's like. <laughs> Like what? Okay, let's do one thing at a time. So I'm. I was thinking. Um, we we're thinking about like doing something about like love letters Ooh. to like myself, like revisiting nice. my my self throughout Three my years, life yeah. and and in different situations and and writing myself love letters or something like that. That's that's something that we have been talking about. So I don't know. That's that's one of the ideas. Oh, that's gonna be, be really good. Cool. A good Kylie book. I'm ready for the cover though. The cover, I believe, will be like the thing. Yeah. The cover of your book is going to be a moment. 
I think it would be really awesome. We'll we'll see. I don't know. Like I'm not ahead of myself. You know, I always yeah. try, try to tell myself just to live in this moment. And because I was supposed to be writing the book already, but my schedule's been really crazy. I actually I I never have public relationships. So, but I've been in a relationship and it's just kind of like has been chaotic since the entire reign of drag mm-hmm. all stars. Um, so I've been privately trying to deal with that and I just didn't have any like mental space to I was supposed to have an album out already wow. and the book working on that but like I, I was just like you know what this is not the time for it, for it and I'm yeah. a firm believer like the universe will let you know when it's time and I, and I didn't want to to be writing with that kind of energy following behind me yeah. so I wanted it to be my moment and not that moment that moment yeah yeah makes sense. You want to put your hundred percent in it. You don't yeah. want to give a 50 or 80 or yeah. anything like that. Well, my last question for you, Kylie, is I ask everybody on the show to expose something that happened behind the scenes of Drag Race that either didn't make it to air. Like I've had people talk about, you know, like heartfelt moments that they had, things that didn't make it to air. Was there anything that you wish would have made it to air? Um, oh my goodness. Uh, so it's been so long ago. Right. Filmed that show. Like even two though years it ago, like right? It just happened. Um, uh, let's see. I mean, I, I guess there were like conversations that were had. Um, okay. So there were, there were moments where we talked with Rue mm-hmm. and they were like really in depth moments that I had with him. And, they didn't show that, which is okay. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with that because I got to live you that, got moment that moment. And it was real for me and it was real for him. And it would have just been really cool to have seen that back. But honestly, like, because it doesn't exist, you know, for the world to see it, it's, it in does, your heart. it's yeah. not flawed at all to me. So like, um, I really, really enjoyed those moments that I had with RuPaul just having like a real conversation. Like yeah. he never, this time going onto the show, I wasn't that starry eyed kid that was like looking at RuPaul like this, like, you know, like being just so like in euphoria being mm-hmm. in that room. And it was just like the way I'm talking to you, I yeah. talked to him and I looked at him like in his eyes and he was looking at me in my eyes and we were having like real conversations. So I'm very protective over RuPaul when people try to bash him and say, mm-hmm. you know, that he's transphobic and this and that. And I just don't agree with that. Yeah. And that I don't feel like they put me on the show to like save their ass. They, they've, they've been watching me. They've mm-hmm. been seeing me. Um, I've been on several of the seasons as like a guest in the audience mm-hmm. and things like that. I was on the Christmas special and I'm really grateful for for all of those people at World of Wonder and anybody who seen something in me that wanted to put me on a stage and let me showcase my talent. So I'm I'm really grateful for that. And and it would have been really cool to see some of those moments on on TV. But at the same time, like, that's my moment. That's your I, moment. And you I can cherish it. that. And no one can ever cri- say anything that about it. Yeah, anything about it. So. Well, thank you so much, Kylie, for being here and for chatting with me. Um, Where can everybody find you on the socials? Okay, so I am on Twitter and it's on, uh, it's XO Sonique and um, also on 
Instagram, XO, Sonique, that's X-O-S-O-N-I-Q-U-E, which I think I want to change it because when I'm trying to tell somebody, it's it, hard, like, yeah. what? XO, XO, Like, no, let me just write it down. Let's see. I, I have a YouTube page, Kylie Sonique Love. That's where my music videos are. And I'm wanting to do more stuff with that. Um, and that's pretty much where I am. I, I have social media. I'm not super like into it because it's kind of creepy to me. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. Social media is a little weird. Um, but like, I know it's part of the gig and I want to have fun. And when it's not fun anymore, then I back away. And yeah. if I don't have anything to say or to show, I'm not just putting some bullshit up there for people to look at and comment about. So yeah, you can find me on those places. Well, thank you so much for being here. Um, until next time, I'm Joseph Shepard. That's the beautiful Kylie Sonique Love. And this has been Exposed. I've been exposed. Exposed. <laughs> <laughs> Expose yourself Show them what you're all about Yes, that was Exposed Dragged Out with Joseph Shepard Let the music play Remember to subscribe wherever you find your fine pods. Only the finest. And remember to come back here every week to drag her. Follow us on Drag Her Podcast on Instagram. Give us five stars on Apple Podcasts and write something down there, y'all. We love to read them on the pod. Till next time. That was a HeadGum Original.